Go ahead and be seated. And ushers, why don't you go ahead and receive that this morning? Uh, do we have any announcements today? Okay, check these out. If you've never attended our First Steps classes taught by Pastor Cheeto, make sure you sign up for them. If you're married or engaged to be married, make sure you check out our Marriage Awakenings happening the last Friday of every month. Check Facebook for more details. If you're interested in keeping up with all that Elevate Life Church is doing, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Are you guys ready for the word today? Amen. Well, um, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 2. And I want to encourage you once again, we have our basketball league that is coming up. Please don't delay if you can help out with it, male or female. We need your help. We need coaches. We also need uh, uh, team mothers that could help bring a snack out for the teams. Uh, we also need people keeping stats uh, uh, and, and things of that nature. So if you just want to help out in any way, uh, man, please go to the back table and sign up today. That uh, opening uh, tryouts is going to be June 14th, I believe. And that's when we're going to do a $500 shootout for the community. So flyers should be available for you by next week, I'm hoping. And uh, so, so please be a part of that. Amen. And if you're here for the very first time, just slip up a hand. We want to welcome you today. Any first time visitors on this Memorial Day weekend? Praise God. Well, they're all traveling. We got one over here. Give it up for our, our friend over here. God bless you, man. Praise God. Our ushers want to put something in your hand just to let you know a little bit about Elevate Life Church. And uh, we welcome you for coming to church on Memorial Day weekend. Uh, and uh, we welcome all of you for doing that. Amen. Praise God. Well, go ahead. Acts chapter two, verse two through four. I want to read something to you as we jump in. We're talking about the game changer and what a game changer is in our life. And today is uh, actually uh, Pentecost Sunday. And this is the day in that that it was uh, we celebrate as the church as being the day that the Holy Spirit was poured out on uh, on the Christians at that time in Acts chapter two. It's actually the birth date of the church. Amen. It's actually the birth date of the church. So that's what I want to talk about a little bit about today. Acts chapter two, two through four. It says when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and no one sat upon each of them. And one sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. Somebody say Shondo. All right. As the spirit gave them utterance. OK, now jump down to that next scripture here. And this is Acts, the same chapter, verse 40 through 47. It says, and with many other words, uh, he speaking about Peter testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3000 souls were added to them. Keep going. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread in prayers. And then fear came upon every soul and many signs and wonders were done through the apostles. Now, all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church 
daily those who were being saved. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this great weekend. And Lord, we pray for those that are traveling today. But Father, we ask that you would speak something to us that would be a game changing word into our lives. Father, we thank you that no matter what we're facing, when you come into the situation, when your word comes into the situation, it's a game changer. It can change anything. It can change our lives from being a stormy one into a life full of sunshine. It could change a hopeless situation into a whole situation full of hope and victory. And we ask that you do that today in Jesus name. Amen and amen. I do. I pray this word today is a game changing word because it's something that I uh, that I wanted to share with you because it's something that changed my life. It was a game changer in my life. And something happened in my life when I got a revelation of what I want to talk to you about today. And that is being planted. OK, now I know some of you may understand this word. and you go, Oh, I know this. Uh, but, you know, I want you to get it good and uh, strong enough on the inside that not only can you manifest it, live it and understand it, but you can teach it to somebody else because it's a, it's your responsibility to pass on what you know. Amen. And sometimes we don't pass on what we know because we don't know it well enough. So I want you to understand and I want you to get why this is so important and why it's going to affect your life so strong to be planted. And I want you to look at the screen here at Genesis chapter two, verse eight. It gives us an insight into who God is and and uh, why we're to be planted. Now, look at Genesis two, eight. It says this. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden and there he put the man who he had formed. You got to understand this. God is a planter. Amen. I want you to write that down. God is a planter. One of the first thing he reveals about himself in the word of God way back in Genesis is that he's a planter. OK, he's there to plant into your life. He's there to plant you somewhere. And it says here the God planted a garden. Now, think about that. Why is that so significant? Because he could have did anything to create that garden. OK, he could have did the, uh, you know, the blink thing, the bewitch thing. Remember that show the lady used to uh, she used to blink things into existence or or was that Jeannie? When I was Jean, Jeannie used to blink. The bewitch lady used to wiggle her nose. I know I'm going old school on you guys. I know I'm going way back on you, but he, he could have did any of those things. He didn't. The Bible says he actually planted it. I think that's very significant. And I think you need to understand that God is a planter. And we see also another prophetic picture of this. And this is also why I believe, and you could argue with me if you want to, but I really believe that Jesus was Mexican. <laughs> not God, not God, Jesus. I know I'm going to upset some of you guys over here, you know, the African-Americans, the Samoans, the Chinese, you get mad at me if you want to. But the Bible says that when Jesus came out of the grave, that Mary ran up on him and mistook him for the gardener. That took a while over here. Dang. She just got that. You know, I was joking right there. But it does say that. That after when Mary ran to the grave, I was just joking about Jesus being Mexican. That was a joke. Some of y'all got mad about to walk out of here. He's preaching heresy. I was joking. Uh, but, 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 but look at this. So he raises from the dead. Mary is going to see his body. Okay. She knew him. Been around him all the time. But the Bible says that when she got there, she mistook him for the gardener. 
The first thing that Jesus reveals about himself after the resurrection they, is that somebody mistook him for someone that's a planter. It's a prophetic picture, people, that the first thing Jesus is coming back to do is check over his garden. Who is his garden? The planted of the Lord. You and I. OK, let me show you this even more in the scriptures. Isaiah 63, 61, verse three talks about the Lord and it says this and provided those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise for the spirit of despair. And they will be called oaks of righteousness. Listen, the planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. So the Bible says that you and I are the planted of the Lord, which speaks of the destiny for us is to be planted somewhere. OK, to be planted somewhere. This is important because we've got so many Christians that never plan anywhere. Psalms 92, verse 12 through 14. Look on the screen there. It says the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted where in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. And they shall still bear fruit in their old age. And they shall be fresh and flourishing. Amen. So fresh and so clean, clean. Come on, you know you want to sing it. Ain't nobody dope at Oh, man. Let me get back in the word before I get carnal on you real quick. That song's about us. We're so fresh and so clean and flourishing when we're planted in the house of God. But you know what's sad? I have met a huge score of Christians that are not fresh and flourishing. They're dry and dusty, angry and bitter, religious and boring. And you've met them too. Amen? You've met them too. So there's something that's a disconnect. There's an area that, that the Christians are missing from having this in our lives, because it says as the righteous, which we are that serve Jesus and have prayed and asked him to come into our life and have made him our Lord. We're the righteous. That's a settled thing. Even though you're imperfect because of what Jesus has done through the blood of Jesus, you make mistakes. He forgives you. You're righteous from here to eternity as long as you stay on the path. It's a beautiful thing. So this is talking about us. The righteous shall flourish. That means your life should be getting better and better. Gooder and gooder. Come on. It should be growing. There should be growth. You should not be the same person you were five years ago, two years ago, three years, whatever the whatever the time you should be flourishing. But some of us don't. And a majority of the Christians uh, in America many times don't experience that. It says that we shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord. And this is the word that is a game changer, y'all. It's a game changer if you can get it. That not only has God called you to receive Jesus as Lord, not only has God called you now to be forgiven of your sins, but listen, he has a place for you. He has a place for you. He has not called you to be a wandering soul throughout the earth. As a matter of fact, that is a result of a cursed life. And I'll show you that in the scriptures in a little bit. But now that you know God's died for you to be forgiven, what you got to understand now that the God that is a planter wants to plant you 
somewhere so that you can flourish, that you can grow, so that you can be fresh and flourishing. Amen? But that's hard for some people because some people don't want to submit to God. We want to do what we want to do. We want to go where we want to go. And I think that's where we get ourselves in trouble when we remove ourselves from the plan of God and not allowing him to plant you. Now, some of you are taking a deep breath because you go, oh, I'm planted here. But just because you go here don't mean you're planted here. Yeah, I know. I got some of you back in because some of you were clocking out. Oh, this word ain't for me. Cool. I'm going color. I'm on Facebook right now. <laughs> color. I asked the younger ones. I'm a... I'm a cl- I got you back in now because you're like, oh, maybe this is me. Maybe it is. But I don't want you to miss this, okay? Psalms chapter 1, 1 through 4. says, blessed is the man or woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and his law or his word, in other words, he meditates on day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. There it is again. Comparing us to trees, comparing us to the planted of the Lord and understanding that God's a planter. So not only does he create you, he plants you somewhere. Okay, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth fruit mm, forth fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, that whatever he does shall prosper. You know what that means? Ain't no losers. There's no losers here. Only winners. Amen. Only winners. All we do is win, 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 no matter what. Amen. Some of you got that. There's this music thing in the room right now. And we stay there and we stay up, down, up. Okay. All right, all right. And we shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither and whoever and whatever he does will prosper. My gosh, whatever you do will work, will prosper. Amen. That's a promise. Write that down. Highlight that. If you like tattoos, tattoo that somewhere on you and don't forget it. That's a joke. Don't go out and do it. I saw a kid go like this. See mom, see mom. No, no, no. Don't put that on me. The ungodly are not so. Listen to the ungodly, but they're like chaff, which the wind drives away. The ungodly can't stay one place for too long. That's why you shouldn't marry an unbeliever. Because it doesn't take much to push them away. Amen. There's some people that are supposed to be here in this church, but they got offended and left because of something, anything. And it could have been something that shouldn't have happened. How many know things are going to happen to you that aren't always good? Good people will hurt you. Good people will offend you. Your wife will offend you. Your husband will offend you. Man, your kids will offend you at some point. But it says here, the ungodly, they're like chaff in the wind. Something can blow them over, blow them out of the way. That's why some of us in our past walk in Christianity, we go from church to church to church to church. And there's always something wrong with that church. So we go to another church and then something happens there. And then we jump to another church and we because you're like the wind. Amen. She's like the wind. Amen. Praise God. Gosh, this is this thing in the room, the spirit in the room, you know, 
How many remember that from uh, Dirty Dancing? Who was that? Patrick Swayze? Oh, Lord. I'm going deep today. Deep calleth unto deep today. I'm quoting Patrick Swayze at my music. Man, I'm going to lose my man card right there. Man. But, but we're not supposed to be like the wind. Amen? The ungodly are not so. So here's what we're talking about. The, the planted flourish. The ungodly, they wander. Okay? So this is what we see in the scriptures that the curse that was on people was that they would be a vagabond. Wanderers, never planting. Look what happens to Adam and Eve when they, when they sin. God planted a garden, planted them in the garden. They break covenant with God. And now God says, now you got to go. Where were they to go? They were to wander the earth. That was the curse. That was part of the curse. Look at Cain. Cain was also cursed because he killed Adam. He killed Abel. And so when he kills Abel, God pronounces a curse on him. And he says, you're going to be cursed to wander the earth. Part of the curse is to never plant, but to wander. Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because of their disobedience. That was the curse. That was evidence of the curse. They never planted. They just walked in a huge circle for 40 years. And what I've just described is some people's lives repeating the same mistakes over and over, just wandering in the wilderness. They don't let anybody get close. Want to keep everybody away from my life because I'm just going to wander. You're going to be a wanderer. Yeah, I'm a wanderer. I roam around, round, round. Amen. I'm just going with it, I guess. I don't know. Hello, Dion. Amen. So Israel wandered in the wilderness. So that's a part of the curse of being disobedient, part of what keeps you from bearing fruit. I want you to write this down. Being rootless makes you fruitless. Being rootless makes you fruitless. Okay, so what does that point to? That points to why in America today, so many Christians, according to a Barna research poll, people that claim to follow Jesus Christ, I think uh, only 15% of the average believer claims to have ever led anybody else to Jesus. That's a crime. That's a crime to, to get saved, but never do anything with it. That's a crime. That's what Ecclesiastes says is the vilest of evil to have riches kept to their owner's hurt. Amen. And we're, we're over here patting ourselves on the back because we're in church every Sunday. We're over here patting ourselves on the back because we tithe. But we're still fruitless. Won't get involved in a basketball league. Won't share our gift with people. Won't go on a missions trip. Have no fruit in our lives. And one reason is because where there's no root, you can't bear fruit. It's another story in the book of Acts, chapter 19, verse 13 and 15. I want to show it to you in the King James Version, because it really speaks to where most Christians are at. It's the story of the seven sons of Sceva, and most of you know this. And in the King James Version, it reads like this. Then a certain of the vagabond Jews, wandering Jews, see the, 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 the NIV doesn't call it that. It calls them the itinerant exorcists or something like that. But I believe King James Version captured his, captures it in its purest form. It says there was a certain of the va vagabond Jews, wandering people. They were exorcists. They took it upon them to call over them, which had evil spirits, uh, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, we adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. Keep going. And there were seven sons of, of one Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who in the hell are you? 
They said that because they in hell, they didn't know him. Hell didn't know who he was. Hell knew who Jesus was before you get offended because I said hell. Hell knew who Jesus was. Hell knew who Paul was. But these demons who came from hell had no idea who these cats were. And do you want to know why? Because they were wandering Jews. Since they were priests, which means they knew the word. Like a lot of people, we know the word. We could quote it, okay? They were doing aspects of the word even because they were priests. But they had no authority because they hadn't been planted. They were wandering, wandering, wandering. Why do people wander? Because it's easy. It's easy to wander. It's hard to plant. It's hard to let people in your life. It's hard to let down your walls and allow someone to speak to you and tell you it's probably not a good idea that you do that. It's hard to do that. It's hard to let people in and give them a, 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 a put them in a position where they can hurt you. It's hard to do that. But let me just tell you something. You can't get away from that. You got to let people in. You got to. And you know what? They will hurt you. You know what the best thing you need to do is just get over that. It's going to happen. Because some of you have made vows to yourself. I'll never let that happen again. I'll never let somebody hurt me again. Those are destructive vows. Because if you live like that, what's going to happen if you live like that is that you won't let people in. You'll always keep people out because you made a vow. I'm not going to get hurt again. Listen. You got to take risks in life. I'm remembering a song now. I don't remember who it was, but love hurts. Somebody got it on them right there. Love hurts. It hurts. Relationships hurt. Think about people in your life that are close to you. Everybody's hurt you at one time or another. That's why Jesus gives us that healing balm it talks about in the Old Testament, the balm of Gilead, where healing can be in our lives. That's why one of Jesus's names is the God that healeth thee, because we can know that even if I get hurt, I can be healed. Amen. But some people won't let anybody in because they don't want to get hurt. And you can't plant yourself if you're afraid of getting hurt. Amen. Let me just tell you this. You can write this down. You can't build a family with a rootless man. A rootless man, don't try to build a family with him because he'll leave. He'll leave. And maybe some of you that have experienced that in your life, you got to be honest with yourself. Maybe you were rootless. That's why you left. God forgives. Praise God. But now that you're hearing this purpose in your heart that you're going to put some roots down. Because if you put roots, you'll bear fruit. Bearing fruits means at the end of the day, when your life is done, you will have left a legacy. You will have accomplished something. There will be some things in heaven that recognize you. There will be some things in the earth that say he was here. Amen. But you got to put down roots. You can't build a family. For that matter, you can't build anything with rootless people. We can't build a church with rootless people. You can't build a business with rootless people. You've got to be able to put down roots. So rootless people become fruitless people. Rootless people also become entitled people. Entitled people. Okay. What does that mean? Have you ever uh, uh, been around a child that receives no discipline? Don't point at nobody. Don't look at nobody. 
Even if you, especially if your kids are in here. Amen. Because <laughs> if you've ever been around a child who receives no discipline, what you experience is a brat. It's experience a brat. Amen. Where you say no and they, and they smack you back. That's not normal. If you're a parent and that happens, that's, that's not normal. It's not normal. It's not supposed to happen. <laughs> it's not supposed to, you, you have some authority over that. Amen. I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going on that. Amen. But 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 uh, if you a person, a child that receives no discipline becomes bratty. And, you know, that's one thing as a child. But brattiness in turns to entitlement, which we have a generation now that is deals with entitlement. We have, a, we're, we have a present generation. And, and, and hear me now. I'm not just some old man trying to complain about the next generation there. They just don't get it. You know, you ever been around some old folks for a while? They'll tell you the music today. It just ain't. It's not what it used to be. Even though I believe that, I try hard not to say it. Amen. Because it's just a it's a mark of of, of getting old. Amen. Uh, yeah. So children who receive no discipline become bratty. Brattiness turns into entitlement, which is what this generation deals with. What is entitlement? Entitlement is the belief that somebody else needs to be taking care of you. That it's somebody else's job to take care of you. That's why there's ignorant people that are mad at the government because the government's not doing enough for them. It ain't the government's job to take care of you. Amen. Amen. You know whose job it is to take care of you? You. That's a revelation right there. We're, We're mad because people aren't taking care of us. Amen. People, people, that's entitlement. Oh, the government, Obama. We, we need change in this country. Why? So you could get more stuff. So somebody could come give you, you know, we're giving out phones now in America. We're giving out phones in America. You got to do nothing for them either. If you have one, please, God bless you. Hallelujah. But get to the place. Get to the place where you can get your own phone. Amen. Get to the place where you get your own phone. Only people that should be getting free phones is kids. Amen. Sergio, it's all right. You got a phone that I pay for. But when he's 25. My wife said 20. Amen. When he's 20. I could go lower than that, but I'm gonna keep it right there. Okay, so, you know, it's going to be time for him to do something with that. And are we doing that to be mean? No, we're doing that to teach him. It's your responsibility to take care of you. If you want something, you go after and get it. Amen. 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 This generation is losing that. Okay. Not only in the world, but in the church. We've had people not come back to this church because we didn't we didn't do something for them. You know, people leave churches all the time. I meet people all the time and, and they say, Pastor, yeah, we want to come visit your church because the church we're at right now, we're just not getting fed and we're not growing. I think to myself, please don't come to my church. Because if you think it's my responsibility to grow you, then you're going to get mad when you don't get your needs met. Because it's nobody's responsibility for you to grow but you. Okay, I have a responsibility to cook up the food, to serve it, make sure it's good. Amen. Make sure it's relevant. Amen. Make sure it's it's something from heaven. But it's your responsibility to eat it and grow. Amen. 
So, see, we got to fix this mentality. And that mentality comes from rootless people. You think it's somebody else's job to leave. That's why it's never a good idea to leave a church and uproot because of something somebody else did. I, you know, people leave churches all the time for the most craziest things. Well, you know, I was there and nobody talked to me. Well, who'd you talk to? Well, you know, I've been going to church for a long time and, you know, nobody ever invites me to lunch. Well, who you invited to lunch? See, it's always somebody else's deal. The Bible says he who has friends must first show themselves friendly. Okay. That's why you got to listen to what comes out of people's mouths. People that complain a lot are blamers. Blamers are not learners. If you're blaming, you're not learning. If you're not learning, you're not changing. If you're not changing, you're not increasing. You missed that, but you could get the, the teaching. It'll be on iTunes later on today. Okay, let me keep moving here. So uh, rootless people become fruitless and they become entitled. We don't want to be entitled because entitled people get mad at God when God doesn't give them their way. Amen. You've seen that before. You've probably done it before. I've done it before. God, why? God's like, because that ain't good for you. Because that ain't my will. Why didn't I get that job? Because I got something better for you. Why won't she go out with me? Because there's stuff about her I know that you don't. And I got somebody else for you. Okay. Let's keep going. Amen. So, uh, rootless people. Here's another one. Rootless people are always confused. Always confused. I just don't know. They can't make decisions. It's because they have no root. Look at the next one. Rootless people are determined, are dominated, I should say, by lack. By lack. That means this poverty shouldn't be over us. We should, we should experience abundance. You say, what does rootlessness have to do with being in lack? not having enough. You got to understand, and I've, I say this all the time, and I taught this to the uh, singles again this past weekend, is that relationships, that word relationship in English has two root words, relates and ship. S-H-I-P. I always like to make that clear. S-H-I-P. Okay. So relate is interaction. A ship carries cargo. So when I relate and I'm in a relationship, there's an exchange. So when I met Pastor Cheeto, he made my life better because and I hope I've made yours better, too. Amen. He's like, mm, I said, man, I'll see a little bit. So we're in our relationship. We exchange. There are things that he gave, gave me. As a matter of fact, I called him this week. He encouraged the heck out of me, man. It was really an encouragement. And, and I got that. I received that. Because of the relationship, I carry cargo. He carries cargo, which is why you have to be careful of who you're relating to, because you relate with your weed dealer. And he's giving you cargo, all right, and you're giving him something too. amen, you know, or you relate with a loose woman. And she exchanges there, too. You hang out with. Freaks, your girlfriends, always talking about they going from this dude to the next dude. Hey, you're going to get something too. That's why your husband don't like when you hang out with them. That's why your wife is like, I don't want you to hang out with your boys no more. Because she realizes that regardless, you're relating and you're receiving cargo. Okay. 
So now you become a rootless person who is not trying to relate to nobody. You're a bouncer. You bounce them from here, bounce them from there. You know, all the beware of people that haven't had friends for a long time. I was telling the singles, Mondo's been my friend now for over 35 years. I actually, I don't remember being alive and not knowing the Labrados. That's crazy. I don't ever, it's like all my memories, I knew them. So I, I think me and Marco started hanging out when I was three or four. And we, we were playing monos. We used to call them monos, those little <laughs> Captain Americas, you know, and we'd have, I, I don't remember not knowing them. As far back as I have memories of my brothers and, and my family, I have mem- memories of the Labrados. So here we are now, I'm 40 <clears throat> something, and, <laughs> excuse me, excuse me. And I st- we're still in relationship with them, okay? That's a good thing, you know? And, and now I realize there are some people you needed to get out of relationship with. You needed to. So I'm not, those aren't the people I'm talking about. But there are, should be some longevity and some uh, uh, loyalty in your friendships and things uh, because that's what rooted people have. Okay? And it keeps you going back to why you need to relate to overcome lack is because relationships advance you. So if you plant yourself long enough, you'll get to know the people around you and the people around you will add to you. Some of you in this in this church have received jobs through somebody that worked in the church. And now you're making more money. Others of you, I know there's some people here that got places to live because of somebody in the church that said, hey, I know of a house. Matter of fact, the house we're living in right now is because Jessica Fielding, when she was in college, had a friend that lived there and she knew that she was moving. She said, man, that'd be a perfect house for my pastors. So she called us up. We went over. She took us to meet the lady and we got the house through a relationship that came because we're planted. Amen. Also comes because you let people in. You take chances. These things. So we've well, a lot of us have have experienced that other things we've experienced. I remember we just celebrated baby Noah's uh, birthday uh, two years ago. And I remember when baby Noah was born and the complications and that he wasn't supposed to make it. It was a very scary thing. But what happened? We came before the church on that Sunday morning and we prayed. And now he's a miracle baby. And you know why things like that happen? Because one of us puts a thousand to flight. Two of us put 10 and you do the math. Because I can't do it. So, so, so you do the math. So if we, you have power enough of you, in you to uh, put a thousand, that means it exponentially ex- increases when you have people around you. So maybe you're in a situation. There was a situation that uh, uh, Eddie Cobb posted this past week where his, his son, who, who's been incarcerated, is coming home early. They took off two years off of his sentence. And before he went to the courthouse, he put on the page, I need the church to pray. And we prayed. I know I did. And maybe some of you didn't, but some of us did. And that's okay if you didn't. Uh, you know, whatever. I'm not trying to put condemnation on you. But we prayed, and, and, and he came out of the courtroom, and it was a change. It's because he's planted. Amen? And it's not a magical thing. It's because of what happens when you plant. So in, in the next couple of minutes, let me give you this. How to be planted. Real quick. This ain't going to take long. How to be planted. So this is for those of you that aren't planted and you want to know how. Those of you that think you're planted and may not be, this is going to help you. Number one, how do you be planted? Number one, let the peace of God guide you. Let the peace of God guide you. Because remember, if God's a planner and he's a creator, he plants his creation. In places, the Bible I already showed you calls us trees, calls us the planet of the Lord, which means when God saves you, then he puts you in a place. 
And what's so, what's so significant about Pentecost today is that it was the birthplace of the, it was the birthday of the church. So when Jesus left, he didn't just leave us. He left us to have places, a place to grow and be planted, which is always to be the church. OK, so that brings the argument of people that say, well, I, I love God, but I just don't believe in the church. I don't believe in organized religion. It's just me and God. Well, that's great. You can go to heaven that way. You can experience Jesus that way. You just won't grow. You just won't grow. You'll only grow to a certain level. Amen. And I don't know about you, but just going to heaven is not good enough for me because I don't want to go to heaven because I'm living in hell here. That's what people are doing. They're saying, well, you know, and we will see him in heaven. But it would, they'll be over there scratching their head going, dang, I should have, I could have had that. <laughs> I could have I done that. Wow. You know, I'm not going to be that kind of person because I want to put down roots. So let the peace of God guide you, guide you towards what? Guide you to where he wants you to be. This is something we've got to get a revelation of in America. God saved you and he prepared. What did Jesus say? I go to prepare a place for you. He's gone to prepare a place for us in heaven because he's already prepared a place for you here. You just got to find it. Got to find it. Those of you that have made, we prayed in a new batch of, uh, of, of uh, members last week, you know, and, and it always blesses my heart because I believe that those that join this church is because God's calling them to plant here. Okay. Because I know there are more beautiful places to plant in Sacramento. Some of my friend pastors have great and beautiful church buildings, nice cushioned seats, air conditions, auditoriums. We're going to have it. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, uh, extravagant children's ministries and youth facilities and things like that. But yet God has called you here. And I commend those of you that have had the maturity to hear that and plant here, even though there are better places for you maybe to plant externally. But yet God's called you here. Amen. You guys understand what I'm saying? Let me give you an example. I remember when I was uh, 19 and I moved away to Bible school in San Jose, California. I was so excited because the church there was a world influencing church. Uh, some of you might remember uh, 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 Ron Cannoli back in the early 90s. Music was coming out. Of it. it was kind of like the Hillsong before Hillsong back then. And there was so much. I saw my first miracle there when I, when I uh, visited there on a trip to hear a guest speaker. They had the greatest guest speakers from around the world coming there on a monthly basis speaking. They were doing conferences. It was an incredible place. I was excited because I was going there. So I was going there because my Bible school was in that city. So I was like, I'm going to go to church there. And I remember sitting in church on a Friday night because they had Friday night services. And it was off the hook, off the presence of God was everywhere. And I remember being in the presence of God and God saying, this is not where I'm planning you. And I began to cry and people thought I was getting blessed. I was just like, dang it, man. <laughs> Why? This is not where I'm planning you. So I just began to seek God and I knew the voice of God. And I was like, man, I love this God. Why wouldn't you plant me here? He said, I want you to go and I want you to help your uncle. Now, my uncle pastored a church called Luz del Valle in Union City, California. The youngest member of the church was 57. OK, they was 57 years old. There was probably 20 people in the church. OK. And so I just said, OK, OK, God, I went there next Sunday morning because I, I didn't really know what I was getting into. And they were like, wow, you're coming. They were all happy I was coming. I came, sat on the second row and I just looked around and I just was like, wow, God, really? What did I do wrong, Lord? Just just tell me and I'll fix it. You know, and God's like, no, I'm, I'm calling you to plant here. 
I want you to do something here and I have something for you here. That was a, that was a test in my life. Would I follow where God planted me? Some of you, you, might, you know, you, you drive by incredible churches to get here every Sunday, you know, and I commend you for having an ear to hear where God's calling you to be. And it's going to get tough. There's going to be winds are going to blow. Things will be done and said. Maybe you didn't like my comment about the spirit of stupid about if you're clubbing, you know, you know winds are going to blow. And if that blows you out of the door, then you're like the chaff of the wind. But if you know where you're planted, you'll be able to endure some storms, endure some decisions. Maybe you want to do this, but we got you doing that. You know, uh, can, can you endure that? Because it's important that you know where God's called you to be. It's also no, not, not only are you in church, okay, I'm planted, but maybe when you're in church, God wants you now to serve in the children's ministry. He wants to plant you in the ushers, on the ushers team. He wants to plant you uh, helping out with basketball, okay? It's so important that we go where God wants us to be because where God wants to plant us are the things that we need. If we go where we want to be, we miss God's provision. And I believe that's why a lot of Christians are missing out on blessings in their life because they want to be here when God wants you there. Amen. So what happens? So a guy submits and he says, I'll use something that we don't have. There's a guy he that God calls him to be on a bus ministry and he goes and he joins the bus ministry. And the minute he joins the bus ministry, he meets this beautiful young woman. Smile. I'll start right to smile. Some of you guys are like, amen. Amen. Pastor, preach on, preach on. Talk to me. He meets this beautiful young woman while he's serving on the bus ministry that he didn't want to serve on to begin with. And you say, well, how does that happen? Being where God's called you to be, you'll meet the connections, you'll see the stuff, you'll do the things. Now, I know how some of you think now you're kind of looking at the ministries and you're going, well, who's over there? <laughs> Maybe if I. Uh... But I didn't say he met a beautiful blonde in that ministry. He met her at work. But it was until. It, she wasn't released until he got in the place to be planted. Are you tracking with me? Doesn't mean he met her at that spot, but God released her when he was planted. Some of you have experienced that jobs or promotions. And, and you think it's because of this and that. Many times it just comes because you're planted. Amen. So let the peace of God guide you. So how do you know where God wants you to be? There's a peace about it. Doesn't mean you have to be super excited about it. You just know that, you know. So well, I wanted to be in a huge other church over here. God called me to that one. And I, you know, I was like, man, I, I, I know that I'd, I'd rather be there. But I knew God was calling me here. And so here's another thing. I didn't I didn't mope around every Sunday. Hey, I got to be here because God wants me here. No, I made myself love it because I understand God's a father. And God doesn't want his son moping around because I'll tell you what, when you obey God, it's important you put your heart into it. Those of you that have kids know what I'm talking about. You say, son, go clean their room. Dang it, I'm cleaning my room. You hear them throwing jackets in the room. <laughs> boom, boom. What are you doing? I'm cleaning my room. <laughs> Not my sons, amen. Really, I'm telling how I used to do it. My dad wasn't having it either, but that's how I would try to do it. And some of you that have kids, you know that that happens sometimes. But God wants the right attitude. So how do I know? How do I be planned? I got to let God guide me. 
I had a guy who was coming to my church in Florida and he was coming all the time, all the time. And so, you know, I, I just God said, you need to go have lunch with him. So I had lunch with him. I said, hey, man, I see you here all the time. And I was doing the youth ministry. Why don't you help me in the youth ministry? He goes, oh, I go to this other church on the other side of town. I was like, what? I said, you're here every Sunday. You're here all, all, all the time. He goes, yeah, but, you know, I that's where my family's from. And, you know, I, my, my parents go there and these people. And so, you know, I kind of do both. I know I'm supposed to be here, but I, I, I kind of do that because that makes my family happy and stuff. So I just said, well, you know, the Lord kind of had me uh, uh, come to you because I do feel like God has something for you here. Now, you got to make your own decision. You know, long story short, later on, he came back. He said, you know what? It's time. I've been hanging on to two things, but God's calling me here and I'm going to go with that. Today, that guy is, is thriving and flourishing in that house, but he had to make a decision. Let the peace of God guide you. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Number two, commit. Be planted. To, you, to be planted, you got to commit. You got to be a committed person, okay? None of this flaky stuff. Flaky people are people that say they do something, but then they don't follow through. That's just flaky. You know, that's flaky. It's nutty. That's bowl of granola Christianity. Fruits, nuts and flakes. You know, we say, amen, we're for it. Yes. And then you don't follow through. That's not being planted. Planted people are committed people. We're committed. We're committed to things. We're committed to causes. We're committed to the vision. We're committed to God. We commit our finances, we commit our talents, we commit our abilities. It's, and, and, and see, understand this, to be committed, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. Amen? We've got to understand, but committed people know there's a cost, but I'm committed. All right? So, so be, be willing to commit. Number three, you're not planted if you don't give back. This is what I was talking about earlier. You're not planted if you're not giving back. Some people that just go to church, being at church does not plant you. You're not planted until you being at church and receiving, but you're also giving back. So how do I give back? Well, you give back by, by helping, serving, sharing, giving. You'd be surprised how many people call themselves Christians and still don't tithe. That always blows my mind, not as a preacher, but as a Christian, because it's clear. And I say this all the time where your treasure is. That's where your heart is. Don't you want God to have your heart? You got to put your treasure in God, in the things of God. After 20 years of ministry, I always see people that backslide. The first thing that starts their backsliddenness is their giving. You stop giving. Because what happens? Their heart is transferred somewhere else. It's a part. You can look at me as another, you know, you're just being a money hungry preacher. You're here we go again. You could do that if you want to. But truth is truth. It's truth. And until you're planted and giving and that e that does mean financially, but also means serving and helping. And and I know I'm kind of preaching to the choir because our church is amazing like that. Like I, I said last week, our, the last outreach we did, 90 percent involvement. From the from the members of the church. That's redonkulous. That doesn't happen in churches. Most churches, 20 percent of the people put on events like that. At our Easter event, we had 90 percent involvement. You know why that's so cool? Because nobody almost died putting that on. 
We've had years before where, man, the people that hosted that thing, whoo, they went into a coma. Because so much happened. Uh, Robbie and Lou would be so exhausted, so spent. You know, my wife and I would be so spent. It didn't happen this, this, this time. Because we, we had a team of people sharing the responsibility, doing their part, giving back. So if you're not giving back, you're not planted. Think about a tree. When a tree is planted somewhere, the leaves and, and it gives off. What does it give off? Some of you science guys, come on. Oxygen, what you breathe. What else happens in the fall? You know why I said that? Because I forgot what it was that they gave off. I'm just telling on myself. Transparency, that's all it is. I forgot. Thank you. I'm going to tell on myself. I know. I shouldn't remember that. What else happens in the fall? The leaves fall down. When the leaves fall down in nature, because here we have somebody named Orhe that comes by and blows them maybe, you know, or, or you have a son named Orhe that comes by and rakes them up, you know. And, and, and we do that, okay? We pick them up. But in nature, you know what happens? The leaves, they go down and they add nutrients to the soil. Amen? Yeah. They add nutrients. And they're giving back to their environment and it's causing them to flourish. So if God plants things, he plants you, where you're planted, you should be benefiting. It's like we said in January, I am the answer. Places should be better when you're in them, not worse. Never be the guy when they say, oh my gosh, they're coming. Oh, he's on my team. Oh, dang it. No, that's not us. Amen. Because wherever we go, we give back. We add. Okay. So it's important. So if you're planted, you should be giving back. You should be adding to. Amen. Number four, I'm almost done. Connect with those around you. How to be planted? Connect. See, some of us are the last to get to church, the first ones to leave because we don't want to talk to nobody. But when you don't talk to anybody, you rob yourself of precious cargo that God's trying to get to you. There's some people, some of your lives have been changed more, not from me and my wife, but from the relationships you've made in the church. Some of you have been greatly in, uh, affected by the friendships you've made, you know, and you're mainly here and you've experienced like, wow, I get more out of the relationships. That's really how it's supposed to be. And I'm, rewind, I'm, I'm reminded again of uh, a teaching I heard on redwood trees. And we've talked about this with our, with our men's discipleship group, where a redwood tree, if you ever notice, they grow in groups. And they grow in groups because the redwood trees are the tallest, strongest, highest trees that grow on the face of the earth. And when they grow, what happens in their root system is they grow close to each other because what makes them grow so high is underneath their roots are tied together. They're tied with the other trees. So because they have a rooted system that's connected to other redwoods, they shoot up high. I believe it's the same way for our lives in Christianity. Healthy people have healthy relationships and they grow high. They prosper high. You want to know what's a sure way to be unsuccessful? Be a lone ranger. Be a lone wolf. It might make for a cool nickname, but it ain't it ain't it ain't a good thing to be. Amen. So, again, why, what makes us go loners? You know, if you're a couple, ask another couple out. Amen. Hang out with folks. Make some, make some friendships. Why? Because to be planted, you got to connect with others. Amen. Number five, and the last thing. To be planted, you got to give honor. You got to give honor. I'm telling you, if you catch all this, it's a game changer. You got to give honor. Come and help me, Eddie. You got to give honor. What does it mean to give honor? Well, a lot of people that go to churches, they don't honor 
those in authority. They don't honor their church. They don't honor people that are, are, are serving and helping and doing things like this. And if you're planted someplace, you want to give honor to where it is you're planted. What that means is we don't gossip. Do you know the highest form of dishonor you can get yourself into is gossip? Don't gossip about your friends, your family. And if your family gossips, leave the conversation. Gossip is a terrible, terrible thing. Honor is something that is easy to do. Honor, first off, is many times done with your words. How do you speak about your church that you're planted at? How do you speak about those that speak into you? Now, we know there's imperfections and people aren't perfect. How do you speak about your husband? I'm going to let that one sizzle on the stove right there for you. Well, but I need someone to talk to about him. Talk to God about him. Don't talk to your tia or your broke down friends. Do you honor your wife or do you get with your friends? Man, she's doing it again. She's doing it again. Don't talk to them about that. Honor her. Honor her. Call it a ball and chain. Amen. Never tell your problems to people that can't help you solve them. Amen. And you know some of them friends can't help you solve them. You know that. So take it to God. Take it to somebody that can help in the situation. But if you're planted somewhere in your family, in the church, learn to bring honor to the place that you're, you're, you're at. Remember, we talked about the first message in the Game Changer series. What you're grateful for will increase. What you're thankful for will increase. So we need to learn how to do that. Let's all stand on our feet today. This is a game-changing word if you catch this today, okay? Because just close your eyes for a moment as I talk to your spirit. Because some of us have been wandering, got that wandering thing on us. Wandering and wondering. Some of us are in a place where we know God's called us, but we've been afraid to do some of those steps to really plant. If you get this today, the Spirit of God is going to change the game in your life. It did that for my life. Things happened in my life when I, when I got a revelation that's not only about serving God, it's about being where He wants me to be, planting where He calls me to plant. And I know there's some of you here, you've been coming around, but God's calling you to plant. And I know it may be hard because you might have to cut off old relationships. I know it may be hard because you're going to have to be vulnerable again and you're going to have to have people speak into your life. And, and, but you know what? You've got to focus on the growth that is going to happen. You're going to have to experience the growth that is going to happen in your life. Focus on that and the pruning. It ain't even going to mean nothing. You're, you're, you're going to zoom right through it. So as your eyes are closed and you're just focusing on my words right now, Father, I just pray that each person would have the grace and the strength enough to hear from you. They know you've called them. They know you love them. They know you've saved them for a reason. Now give them a revelation of where you've called them to plant. Some of them, Lord God, their situations are going to shift. I believe that with all my heart. And Father, take down the walls. Some of you, you want to plant, but you're scared. 
you're scared you're worried because in your last planting you went through some storms you went through some things some injustices were done some trusts were violated and those things hurt and they're hard but God's not asking you to trust somebody else again before he first asks you to trust him and when he speaks to you obey him and trust him first establish that trust with him and God will take care of you through the rest there's no guarantee that you won't be hurt when you plant because there are four seasons winter spring summer and fall winter can be very cold very harsh very dark in the fall things fall off and it hurts there's going to be those four seasons no matter where you're at learn to be planted in the word of the Lord so that you can be fresh and flourishing so that you can grow be fruitful and that everything you do it says will prosper and Lord I just speak this over the people today Father in Jesus name we pray amen and amen how many got something out of that today give God praise for that amen hallelujah be blessed. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. And let's honor the fallen and those that have fought for our freedom as you're uh, barbecuing and eating and traveling. Whatever you're doing, thank God for them. Amen. God bless you guys. And uh, also I want to remind you too, the men, if you're interested in competing in the men's barbecue challenge, please sign up in the back. Okay. And uh, also make plans to be with us on June 7th for that event. God bless you guys.